Good evening, everybody. My name is Jordan McCrone, and this is episode 90, 90 of Sodom and I. We are almost at 100. That is crazy. This is episode 90 of Sodom and I, and we have been talking about obedience, right? That's been the whole topic for January. And before I get started, I just want to say that I do apologize for not posting this past Wednesday. I believe that was the 24th. I have been dealing with like migraine, migraine issues, and it went away on Friday. God is good. Um, but Wednesday and Thursday, man, that was battle. So I, um, I was like, well, I'm just going to keep it moving on Saturday. So thank you for tuning in. And I'm still going to be consistent. But you know, if there's some health stuff going on, then I definitely need to make sure that's taken care of first. But obedience, right? Today we're talking about the power of letting go, right? And these are essentially notes from what my pastor was speaking on. And I have seen just a few things online just talking about, you know, before God can, you know, resurrect something, it has to has to die, has to completely die in order to be resurrected. So the power of letting go. Are you ready to launch out? Your goal should be to find out God's assignment for your life, right? Let's go to Luke chapter five, verses one through 11. And now today... I'm not using my physical Bible (laughs) like I normally do. I will be using my digital Bible, but we're still going to be reading, right? Luke chapter 5, wow, verses 1 through 11. And I'll read this, I'll read this in NIV. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the, who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, 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 so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Right? And this is Luke chapter one, not five. I was like, this sounds like the beginning of something. But hey, there we go. Luke chapter five, verse one. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw the water's edge. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, 
We've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, matter of fact, let's, let's go back to five because there's a specific word in here that's in KJV that's not in NIV, which is nevertheless. And Simon in KJV answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Verse six, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. I'm sorry. I got to read this in KJV, man. 10 and 11. It just hits harder in KJV. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their, their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. They forsook all and followed him. The power of letting go. Are you ready to launch out? Right? So here's some notes that I wrote down when my pastor was preaching. Mastery is a consequence of letting go. Listen the first time. Okay? And then if you can't compliment where you're going, you will never get there. Right? That mastery is a consequence of letting go. Oh, Pastor ate with that one. I was like, oh my good Lord, I got to write that down. Right? So number one, and there's 12, 12 points that he made. Point number one, you will never totally be ready or prepared to launch out. God may come when you're tired. He might come when you're tired. Number two, you will never be able to get all your ducks in a row. Number three, Jesus usually comes like a thief in the night and maybe not to you when you least expect it. Right. So we already see a following like a theme within how we're going through. You'll never be totally prepared or ready to launch out. God might come. He's, he might come when you're tired. You just don't know. The point is to stay ready, even though you'll never actually be ready. Let me say, keep your will open to what God, to what Jesus might have for you, right? Jesus usually comes like a thief in the night and maybe not to you. Jesus might come to somebody else to give you direction when you least expect it. Number four, Anything that Jesus has is always better than what we already have. 
<laughs> I don't even have to go into that one. I was about to go on to a whole tangent. Number five, <laughs> when God brings transformation in your life, it means giving up your time. It means giving up time, plans, agendas, traditions, friendships, relationships, etc. Right? And I'll use myself as an example for this one. Before I truly started walking with God, I used to be into like crystals, tarot cards, and and just doing a whole bunch of stuff that I really didn't know about. And but I, I still yearned for a relationship with God. And you know, I was reading my Bible. And there's some stuff out there where it's like, oh, you know, read your Bible, but then still do this because, you know, it's stuff that your ancestors did. It's a part of your culture. And then I remember getting to Deuteronomy and literally God said, don't do, literally verbatim, do not do the same things your ancestors did. Don't do the same things your ancestors did. They weren't right. They'll worship the same gods your ancestors did. They weren't right. And then he went on to say, essentially the stuff that I was doing and what I was doing, like that stuff is disgusting to him. And I was, you know, I wasn't disgusting to God, but the things that I was doing were. So literally that very day, I threw out everything. I threw out everything that was not for him, that wasn't giving him glory, that wasn't him as the source. I threw all that stuff away. And I was like, I want God. You know, that was me literally giving up what agendas, traditions, I thought, uh, relationships with people that were doing the same thing. I, I had to give up all of that stuff. I said, I don't want anything I do to be displeasing. Displeasing? Are you kidding me? I don't want to displease God, the creator of the universe. No, no. But, you know, just using that as an example. And that, you know, was hardcore. But, you know, that just also shows like smaller things. We could do it for the bigger things. We could do it for the smaller things. Number six, as humans, once we set our minds on a course, it's hard, it's very hard to change them, right? And then some bullet points I have under this. Allow God to change your course slash direction. Walk by faith, not by sight. Obedience is religious, will is spiritual. Obedience is religious, will is spiritual, right? I saw this post the other day. Jesus never came down here for religion. He came down here for a relationship. Relationship, will, religion, you know, obedience. And you know, God does want obedience from us, but it's about our relationship with him. That's the source, you know? And then the next bullet point, you need to have a want to. That is will. Your will is a want to. You need to you need to want to say yes before God asks you anything. You need to want to have a will to do what God says before he asks you for anything. A will to say yes before he, you know, 
He might want you to do something mundane, but that just shows you, that shows him your obedience to him because he still gave us free will, right? Number seven, you are not going to launch out into the deep without making major, major adjustments. And I can use what I told you for point five as an example, major adjustments. At that point in time, I was doing that stuff for like years, years, probably like two, not like a decade or anything because I am still very young. I'm only 24, <laughs> but I was doing it for a good amount of time to the point where that's what I believed in at that point in time. And thank God that I no longer believe that, you know, I truly believe God allowed me to go through that. That way I can help other people that are going through it. You know, I feel like I'm a pretty relatable person <laughs> and I try to keep my word aligning with the word of God. So hopefully this will inspire maybe somebody who's battling with that right now. Because, you know, God, he says be neither hot, you know, be either hot or cold. But if you're lukewarm, he will spit you out of your mouth, out of his mouth. I don't want to be spit out of his mouth. I want, I want to be kept, right? That was number seven, making major, major adjustments. Number eight, this may mean some of your sweetest relationships have to change. Mm. Well, let me go back to Luke chapter five. Look, and when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. They left everything. Then in NIV, so they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. That's what we have to do. Hallelujah. That's what we have to do when we follow Jesus. Some of our sweetest relationships may have to change. We that Some things we just have to give up. Some people we just have to give up. But going back to uh, number four, anything that Jesus has is always better than what we already have. Those relationships, we can create new relationships. We might even be able to rekindle those relationships with those people and plant seeds in them, you know. Number nine, Jesus will often enter your life when you least expect and require you of something that will challenge you. Something I heard earlier today, obedience, what is it? It's not obedience unless you do something that you don't already want to do. <laughs> if you're doing something that you already wanna do, I mean, yeah, I mean, it could be labeled as obedience because you know, I wanna follow God, but it's not really obedience unless you're doing something that you don't want to do because then then that's truly allowing God's will to take precedence over your own. Ooh, he ate when he said that. Number 10, Jesus doesn't just want us to launch out. He wants us to launch out into the deep where we've never been before. Number 11, why can't Jesus bless me without requiring so much of me? Answer, because it didn't belong to me in the first place. I believe I was reading this in Psalms um, either yesterday or today. I believe it was yesterday. There is 
nothing. There is nothing that we can sacrifice to God that he does not already own. You know, and, you know, in the Old Testament, they were sacrificing sheep, ox, you know, goats and stuff, burning incense. Like, there's nothing that we can kill or burn and give to God that he didn't create and literally give to us. The Bible says, the, the, the what is it? Sacrifice to God is a broken and contrite spirit. Now I have to find that verse. Broken and contrite spirit. I believe that that's like Psalm chapter 40 something. Broken and contrite. There we go. My sacrifice, oh God, is a broken spirit. It's actually Psalms 51 verse 17 psalm 51 verse 17 my sacrifice O god is a broken spirit a broken and contrite heart you god will not despise right that's what we can sacrifice that's what we can give unto god i don't even know how i got there lord hallelujah let's see because it didn't belong to me in the first place. It always belonged to God. He owns all the cattle on a thousand hills. Mm. Number 12. And I said 12, but there's 13 on here. Jesus requires us to sow in order to reap. We have to sow in order to reap. We cannot reap what we do not sow. Number 13. And lastly, 13. Then comes the difficulties, and then nevertheless is a change in heart. Luke chapter 5, verse 5. And we saw that through Simon, his name wasn't Peter yet, through Simon being like, Lord, we were just out here all night. Imagine, you're, you stay up all night to go fishing. Every time you try and pull up a fish, nothing comes out. You're like, oh my gosh. You're finally ready to go back to shore. You clean your nets. You're ready to get off the boat. And then somebody just comes on your boat and asks you to go back out. And you're like, okay, I'll, you know, I'll help you out. He was already willing. And then Jesus said, cast out your nets. Launch out into the deep and cast out your nets. And he's like, we were just out here. But because you asked me to do it, nevertheless, I will do it. And then he got something that he'd never seen before, where, we, where they've never been before. Number 10, he doesn't just want us to launch out. He wants us to launch out into the deep where we have never been before. God is good. Launching, and then the final bullet point, launching a new plan is all about God using you for his glory. Amen. And I will keep today's episode short and sweet i just want to say i truly appreciate you guys for tuning in you know for just listening in and and trusting god to give you a word you know even if this isn't the only place that you come but you know on wednesdays and saturdays listening to my voice with this lisp i used to not know i had <laughs> I did not know I had a little lisp until I started recording for this podcast. I was like, oh my goodness, Lord. But I do have a little gap gap. She's cute though. With that being said, I love you guys. 
I pray that you stay blessed in the name of Jesus. I pray that you are a blessing unto others. I love you, but God loves you much more than I do. Have a wonderful night.